0: Nigeria has never fully recovered from the civil war which was fought between the country and the secessionist republic of Biafra between June 1967 and January 1970. Millions of people, especially the Igbos from the southeastern part of Nigeria, the base of the secessionist movement, died. Since then, the Igbos have complained about being marginalized in the Nigerian state and not feeling as if they belong. In recent times, another separatist group, IPOB, has come into being. It has been dubbed as a terrorist group by the Nigerian government for, amongst other things, raising money to buy arms to fight the Nigerian state. While there are Igbos who do not support IPOB, it is not clear what the percentage is. But clearly the majority are also dissatisfied with the nigerian state on the interview today regional's kadaria ahmed speaks to Chetan nwanze the lead partner at sbm intelligence one of nigeria's leading geopolitical intelligence organizations she starts by asking him to explain how the average Igbo person feels about nigeria
1: now that's uh, a complicated question there isn't a single answer that's uh, so I think we should get the the elephants out of the room first. There's a large chunk of Igbo people who want out of Nigeria. They feel that Nigeria has not delivered. When you
2: say them. a large chunk, what percentage?
1: If I were if I were forced to give a to give a percentage, I would say just under 40%. Okay. That's
2: a sizable uh, it's number.
1: It's sizable. Mm. Now, of the rest, there's about maybe 10% that are completely ambivalent. The whether Nigeria fails or not, they they couldn't care. Then there's an almost equal number that is invested in Nigeria, believes in Nigeria. But of those, and this includes myself nowadays, there, there's quite a good percentage who are very unhappy about how Nigeria is okay. today.
2: Now let, let, Let's take all those groups individually and, and try and understand what is driving um, their position. Yeah. Let's start with the sizable 40% that you say uh, you're clear, want out, out of Nigeria. What is their angst? Is it still rooted in the civil war and what happened there? Or is it that plus a whole lot of other things that have since happened?
1: The civil war provides the emotional foundation for how they feel. But given that the majority of them, and and it's it's a huge majority, probably up to 80, 90% are based in the Southeast it's clear to me that a lot of it is down to their current economic situation. Mm. If they were doing much better than they are, then they will be having a different conversation. So for example, conversations that I've had with many of them in places like Onicha, in Aba, and in Enugu, you find that by the time you try to explain, especially for those of them who are better educated, you explain the implications of Nigeria breaking tomorrow, they lose market share, they lose business and all of that, you actually begin to see a shift in position mm. when they consider the implications to them of Nigeria suddenly disappearing. However, there is this group, largely uneducated, uneducated who you can't even talk to. Um, then there's also a, an emerging group of younger people who, the frustration of not being able to do anything or opportunities taken away, is driving their passion.
2: So. Because the question I wanted to ask was why we don't see the resentment from that particular group of people. The the level of resentment against the central government, the federal government, doesn't seem to be the same as the level of resentment they have for their state governors and their state governments, which are often badly performing.
1: The answer to that is it's a Nigerian problem. Pick up any Nigerian newspaper today and you'll find that almost all the headlines are about Abuja. We run a top-down heavy system that is still so focused on the center and this is not just in the southeast, this is around the country, the governors are getting away with murder. Now President Buhari has performed poorly but the fact is even the 36 people around him who are closer to the people are also on the average performing very badly but they have the excuse of blaming Abuja. So the rise of groups such as Masob iPop is another manifestation of that same problem. Okay. But it's a problem that actually repeats itself in various parts of the country.
2: So let's talk about the other 40 to 50 percent that you say believe in Nigeria, are invested in Nigeria, but are increasingly frustrated by Nigeria. What is their problem?
1: Nigeria simply doesn't work. One. Second problem... But this
2: could be said for, said for of the majority of everybody in it's, it's Nigeria, It's not right? the
1: majority, it's for everybody in Nigeria. Even the political class, Nigeria doesn't work for them if they think it works. Anymore. Yeah, if, if Nigeria worked, then they wouldn't need to hop on a plane to go and treat a headache. Mm. So Nigeria doesn't work for them. Now, being that the Igbo people are largely... What's
2: the demography of this group? Um, give me pay me a picture of who they are. What largely sort of largely like
1: educated, them. largely accomplished, and largely what we call Lagos Igbos. Lagos Igbos they live outside, outside the southeast. Yes. Right. So it, it could be somebody in Kano, but he's outside the southeast, so he's a Lagos Igbo. Mm. And this is probably... Of course, I don't have uh, good figures for the diaspora, but at least within Nigeria, I would say that a full 45% of Igbo people within Nigeria live outside of an Igbo. And they live in different parts of the country. They have grown in different parts of the country. So they come into this conversation with a nuance because they also see things from the position of their host as well. But one of the frustrations that many of them have is that when things go wrong, again, and this, is, this happens everywhere pretty much. They are the most visible minority, so they get a lot of the blame. Mm. But it's beginning to frustrate them. I, am I not a part of this country? Have I not, was I not born and brought up here?
2: Okay, so, so based on that, we're talking about you know, uh, people who are almost 50-50 split in the middle, having sort of opposing views about this place, this country called Nigeria. How does that play out? when it comes to regional politics, but also the engagement of the Hindi-Ibo with national politics.
1: First things first, there's a dichotomy which is increasingly being recognized. So, in conversations I've had at this in the Society of Igbo Professionals, in conversations I've had uh, at Ncetan Diibo, which is the center of memories, people are beginning to recognize that there's this dichotomy where you have one group of Igbos who have gone out into the country and are doing well for themselves. And then you have another group of Igbos largely left behind, largely in the homestead. And they, because of their presence at home, they, they tend to scatter things. You, They are not going quietly into the night. They are scattering everything in front of them. And to be everybody. fair to
2: them, they shouldn't be asked to go quietly into the night. I if a place is not go, functioning... I don't
1: expect them to go into the night, but I expect them to identify their problems properly.
2: What are sort of the conversations that are taking place among those who believe in Nigeria are frustrated by her but feel that that is the best place for the indi
1: So you will find that there is a phrase that, is that you've probably heard it without um, Akununo. So we have to invest back home. It's be- that conversation is beginning to gather momentum. Um,
2: it's weird you say that because we all thought that every Igbo man ran home and built a big house and invested back. I mean, part, when I was growing of, up in we, the north, yes, it's we, part of what we used to use to abuse our own brothers in Lagos and everything. Because we say they take their wealth, keep it there, but Igbo people go and develop their,
1: yeah, so, their places. So it's the, it's in the nature of the developments. Um, the Igbo ethnic group is suffering from PTSD. Um, we've we've not recovered from the civil war. So everybody going home to build something is an effect of that because there were many people who, when they had to run from wherever, did not know where to go. So going... And lost everything. And lost everything. Mm. The the losing everything came after the war. Now I'm talking of even before the war. Many people did not know where to go. So... um, Can you
2: explain that? So they built their homes where they were
1: they built their homes where and had not paid
2: any attention to what was seen as their origins yes right
1: so when they when um in in 66 when everybody or almost everybody had to uproot and run they saw as in in the most extreme cases some people could not even find their way to their villages they didn't know where to go so basically it's because of that that people began to builds this culture of going home every year so you know all your relatives you know where you are from but now the conversations that we're having are conversations around it's not just enough to build a house you have to do something in your community for the for people there so that they can also be empowered essentially we're hacking back to the old the ebo standards of the 1920s 30s and 40s where our forefathers essentially raised the community they they found the best people and empowered them and those ones in turn were obligated to find those not just your blood relatives but those behind you who had potential so
2: is there anything the igbos want of nigeria that is distinct and different from what the average person in the southwest wants and the average person in the north central wants etc etc Yes.
1: Give us an environment to sell markets.
2: That's not different from what other people want. Is it not? I don't think so. I think the average Nigerian just wants a society that functions and allows them to get... And and the reason I'm asking this question is that, you know, um, there are conversations that are taking place and they're taking place in silos and people say things in their safe spaces. So I'll tell you some of the things that are said in safe spaces where maybe Igbo people are not present which is the belief that Nigeria by and large has been okay to the Igbo man because he can move around he has settled in the north settled in the southwest settled in the north central and is able to trade with a few issues but by and large and that has not been possible in the east, for example. For So, you won't have a large population of well to do northerners sitting in the southwest, yeah, southeast doing business. But the same wrong. thing with Europe. But like, let me finish. I'm okay. telling you what has been said.
1: Okay. Okay. Don't
2: forget, I'm giving you insight. Right. <laughs> okay. And so, the, 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 the belief is that the average Igbo has done. As well as most Nigerians can be expected to do under this dysfunctional system. And that the only thing the Igbos have not done and which they keep holding on to is to basically hold the number one position. But that by and large, Igbos have done okay. And this insistence that they had done by is not based on reality.
1: So let me speak from our own viewpoints. Mm. That's wrong. I mean, given the fact that we're always the first in the firing line whenever things go wrong. Um, When you think about the events of 66, that's a searing memory that there's almost no Igbo family that didn't lose somebody back then. So that's a searing memory that has been ingrained in us from childhood. Um, We're only getting to a generation, those who are under 10 now, that won't have that as a burning memory. Secondly, the whole presidency thing. It's something that um, in reality is just the political class that are making noise about it. The average business person understands that it makes no difference, really. Muhammadu Buhari has been president five years. What is the condition of Daura? Good luck, Jonathan was president five years before him. What is the condition of Otoki? Um, uh, Umar Yardwa was president. You can go on and on. on, and on. Mm-hmm. So the, the average Igbo person understands that. And given our rather raucous nature, I, I mean, I will be the first to admit that. We, so we understand that. Okay, if you put all of us together, it will. It was there will still be that problem of you. Some we are not going to be able to line up behind one person. That trying to head, uh, trying to get a group of evil men to go in the same direction is like trying to head cats. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. So there's that understanding that oh, presidency won't be the solution to our problems. But to not to have to prove that I am more Nigerian than the next person at every given point in time.
2: But that how does distrust... that... So you see, this is the thing. This is because we hear that again and again. Ibo people saying they have to prove their Nigerianness ness again and again. How does this manifest? And I say this with a serious sense of responsibility, again, because when you're not in the room, these conversations are taking place. I understand right? that. So another example, when you talk about the the um, legacy of the civil war being seared into you. Um, Part of the criticism you sometimes hear from people who sort of look at the way the Indi-Ibo deal with the civil war, and this is not in any way to dismiss the fact that there were horrific killings and people died, is that the civil war also affected other regions in different ways. And sometimes you fail to get that acknowledgement. So, for example, the North believes 100% that the reason why we're stuck with the sort of leadership we've had is a legacy of having the northern leadership decimated, you know, in the coup. And it had not had them having a chance to sort of prepare, if you like, the next level generation. And so the north ended up with military leaders who were half illiterate, who didn't really know what they're doing, and that till tomorrow, that is the part of the civil war legacy that they're paying. So in other words, the, the question I'm asking is whether those kind of conversations are also taking place, particularly among those who've come out, who've interacted, some intermarried, and who've settled in communities that are I'm not one able. of those that's intermarried. Yes, I know. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, so, those conversations do happen. We, at least in the groups that I'm in, we actually have conversations where we try to see things from the other perspective. And I will say that for, the, for, a, ver, for a very long time, there was some headway. If we all sit back, take a breath, and catch our minds back, There was actually some headway 10 years ago. Then 97% and 5% happened. Hmm. And since then, that singular statement by the president heated up things and gave the...
2: The extremists. Okay, the extremists. It it actually gave the the extremists a
1: a, a big push, which those of us who consider ourselves moderates are still trying to claw back from.
2: So going forward now, what, I mean... we've had this conversation in so many different ways about the fact that all of these things tend to be symptomatic of a failing state. Let me just ask you this, because often when we sort of have that conversation, and I've had that conversation including with you, is we, we keep saying the answer lies in economics, right, in building a viable state. Is that your belief as well when it comes to what I would call the Igbo question, forgive me <laughs> for yeah, using there, that phrase. There is an Igbo question, right. let's not, okay. let's not so is it. that also the answer in solving that problem or does it require uh, things that are a little less obvious, more subtle about reconciliation reaching out, that sort Those of thing? Have right. Those have
1: to happen. Those have to happen and I think the uh, time is running out, the generation who actually experienced the the horrors that we haven't recovered from They're on their way out. Natural attrition is happening. So those conversations have to happen. At least an acknowledgement that something happened. Nobody, but and I think it's it's important to put this on the table. Given the the psychology of the Igbo man, the biggest damage that was done to us after wasn't even during the war itself. It wasn't the three million dead, it was the 20 pounds thing. That conversation still happens. As in, you, you deliberately impoverish all of us. So the Igbo man doesn't want to come to Zamfara and take over in Zamfara. What the Igbo man does not want is when he goes among his kindred, he's the one who is at the bottom of the table. Mm. Which is one of the reasons why you see Igbo people so very um, hustling to, to do well. Because it can be brutal if you are the one who is not doing well. At home, Mm. when you get to that, um, when you get to that home level, Mm. we have a culture that judges a man based on his achievements. So when when you take a people with that kind of mindset and it's a mindset that has been drilled into them by century for centuries, and then you impoverish all of them, that was the one thing that we never recovers from psychological It's
2: crazy, Chata, because you're sitting and you're talking about this and my mind is going to Kano, you know, where, you know, a very old civilization of traders um, and now they have their children roaming on the streets begging for food. So, Nigeria has generally impoverished the majority of, of her people. I, I, I on the world completely. poverty clock, you know, um, we are right up <sighs> there. And it's crazy. I work, a, I work
1: in an organization that we see this data <laughs> every, day. every day.
2: Okay, it's... so let me ask you this. Are you hopeful about Nigeria generally and the place of the Igbo's in Nigeria? Let me
1: put it um like this. It's because it's it, it has two answers. Socioeconomically, I'm despondent as things are currently. I'm not sure that Nigeria will recover in my lifetime, but geopolitically I'm more hopeful. Because I think it was important that the the manner in which President Buhari has run the country has exposed so many of our fault lines even in the north, a lot of people down south do not know that even in the north there are there, there angry discussions about the fact that Buhari favors one crew over the others, I do know this but many people in the south don't know so a lot of our fault lines have been exposed by the, the current government, what that means is that we can have a conversation and resolve things. And that is the greater hope than short-term socioeconomic mm-hmm. issues.
0: That was Cheta Unwaeze, the lead partner at SBM Intelligence, one of Nigeria's leading geopolitical intelligence organizations, talking about how the average Igbo person feels about Nigeria. For Radio Now, I am Tommy Olubemi.